Hello and welcome to the Film Ireland podcast. I'm Gemma Quarry and I'm chatting with director Andrew Bard about his high-octane neo-noir thriller One Way. Now you'll have to forgive us the audio. We are transatlantic with a very slight delay. We began by talking about how he made the move shooting his 2014 feature Zone 414 onto his latest thriller One Way starring Kevin Bacon. did a video for the weekend that got me the script for zone 414 and that took about five years to get it made but then one way like happened like very quickly you know like i was we were shooting zone zone in belfast and they gave me the one way script and it was still set in ireland and i was like i'm not mm, i don't know about this but it was originally going to be a northern irish irish kind of uk co-production that was already financed at about two million and um, that structure didn't work out. I think they were trying to do it with a few movies. Then when I was shooting Zone, they presented One Way again. And I was like, and then I was back here and I'd wrapped, I locked the picture on Zone and I, re- I re- yeah, I read the American version of uh, One Way and I read the first 10 pages. I just got all, and I and I'd seen Good Time on the plane over the Safdie brothers, their um, movie with Robert Pattinson. Yeah. And I was yeah. super impressed. So it just was one of those things where I'd seen Good Time. Then I read the American version of One Way. I was like, this worked. I'd, I'd done a music video year, years before. Kind of the first directing piece I did in, did in, um, in America. It was really good and it got me the attention of the weekend and stuff. And I got to do his video, which got me zone. But anyway, so I'd done a, a video, a narrative video in that kind of verite style that I thought would suit one way and I'd seen in good time. So I was like, this, this can really work. And I literally, it was wild. I'll tell, it's just, it, this is so extraordinary. It's literally, literally. So I said, okay, this is cool. And then I contacted Travis uh, Fimmel, who has a ranch up in Santa Clarita. I go up to Travis because he was in zone. He, he was great. And he, he, and my manager Jib was already up there on the ranch. And so yeah, Travis has been reading it. He likes it. So Travis was in first in. I don't get, you know, he played the role of Will, which a lot of actors would not have touched. But I knew Travis would be totally down. He's a he's a super actor. He's, yeah. And he always has to fight against the pretty boy image and the, all of that. But um, but he's really great. And um, we'd had a really good time on Zone and with Guy and stuff. And so he was in right away. And then uh, Jib, my manager, was doing a Western with Sam Worthington called The Last Son. And he said, oh, I've just cast this young musician called Machine Gun Kelly Colson Baker. And I said, <laughs> I-, I know that guy. He's in the dirt. Played Tommy Lee and he's really talented. So that's the way. He's a bloody good actor, which he oh, is. He's very so naturally good. gifted. So I was like, get him. Let's try and get him to play the lead in one way. And so Jib sends it to him. Oh, yeah. And Colson and, J- and Travis have the same age in a paradigm or they did. Jim Dempsey has been super supportive. And um, so it, and then literally 
they're like, well, it'll take a couple of weeks. He's whatever he's doing, whatever. And literally two days later, it's like he, he desperately wants to do the movie because he read it on the plane in like 45 minutes. And he was just desperate to do the script, to the movie, you know, Colson was. So that was that. And uh, so that we're talking about because I'm back in Dublin then finishing Zone. So from where this is a two week period. So I've gotten Travis. I've now got Colson, maybe a three week period. And then it took about another two weeks to get Kevin. Um, because Kevin's manager, his brother, was producing a movie with Martin and Jib. Paul, Paul Schiff and David Schiff manages Kevin. So we sent, we sent the script to, to David and David loved the script. And then he went to Kevin and he's amazing. He's a total pro and he, he's just, I couldn't, you know, he's just a total pro. He's a gentleman. He's prof totally professional, brilliant actor, probably can play whatever he wants, similar to Guy, and um, just couldn't speak high enough of him. I think about six weeks, we'd full it, we had cast that, that was enough to finance the movie, you know, because movies are, well, commercial movies are financed by talent, you know. Yeah. primarily so name talent so you have to have there you know it's just the way it is that's the collateral so that's what that's that's what you get pre-sales and and etc etc and so you go out there and you get some pre-sales and you get some tax breaks that's and you maybe get some equity and one way required a lot of equity because um it was contained and the nature of the script the nature of the film also does have a deter it does dictate you know the value as well like so if you're making like a a thriller or an action movie okay that's great but if you're trying to do a drama that's dangerous and to be honest one way is kind of more like drama thriller than certainly not an action thriller the way it was marketed as but um but i would have thought it felt very neon neon noir yeah. yeah, but but like yeah. that it contains definitely like that kind of claustrophobic feel. But it like the um oh what was it the Tom oh, that film where he oh yeah the, the Tom the Tom Hardy one that yeah Hart. yeah yeah like yeah, the, the kind of forward the, the, momentum of it like I mean yeah. but I mean it's less it's less locked in than that I think that's that was almost like well the thing was there was even with the cast we had and it was the same sales agency that sold. That set that that you know arranged the finance for Zone was called Highlands uh, Film Group, who were very supportive. Um, same American distributor that they ended up doing a deal with, but Universal, who did a bunch of territories on one on Zone, in the end decided not to go one way because so contained. And he and and I, even initially it was like Andrew, this is super contained. So we literally we got our cast in record time and we didn't even use storm and Drea to finance because we got them late in the day. So they were not part of the finance package until they sold it in Berlin um, after we shot the movie. But that didn't, unfortunately that doesn't help our budget in the shooting. You know, we had to deal with what we had. We were very tight budget, like in COVID and all of that. It was really intense, but, um, so I had to open the movie up a little bit because everyone was saying, look, we can't sell this. It's too contained. Um, so I had to open it up a little bit. It was originally it was much more, much more contained. Ninety five percent of it was on the bus. 
you know yeah. I was wondering about the about the financing and getting like you have to do you have to answer to a lot of notes I suppose you've already proven yourself uh, that's what I was ready for you know uh, particularly on zone I was freaked out particularly coming from like videos and commercials and stuff and in America, you know, when you shoot something often, particularly with advert commercials or TV, you just hand it over and it gets edited and the t- the showrunner takes it over on TV. The agency t- takes it over with commercials. So I was like, oh, my God, if I lose control, when, that's one of the reasons I was so full on about doing the post in Windmill Lane. And I had to fight really hard for one way to go to Windmill Lane, <clears throat> but it did. And it's they they you know they were just instrumental in the in the success of of one way and you know because it took there was a bond put on the post-production as part of finance and which is somewhat unusual anyway they put a bond on it so they could then sell the loan quicker um and to do and but because of that all the production accounting had to be like tip top right away it took about six months before cash flow started on the post-production I think it was six months. It's crazy. And Windmill Lane were with any other any other entity would have like just thrown us out. But Windmill Tamar is just instrumental. I, and it's not just with that movie, but as I said, way back with Film Base and Dunleary. And it's so cool. Like it's such a great world class place. Tell me a little bit about um, the edit and post production about building it with Windmill Lane. That would be fabulous. Well, I mean, as I said, I mean, and it'll be the same on the next one. The, the movies for me really come together. They form in the edit, in the, you know, that the editor. It's actually probably one of probably my favorite part of the process now, you know. And it's just I spent a lot of time on one way. Actually, Jim Sheridan helped me with the opening, uh, because the opening was different to the way it was scripted, and he was in there doing the documentary on them. Um, the French lady who was murdered, um, murdered at the cottage, I think he did it for oh, Sky. Wow. Anyway, he was doing that and he was super helpful to me. So we kind of did a soft lock on the picture after 12 or 14 weeks. And then I paused and then Jim helped me. Like he had a few sessions with me. So the movie, um, I came back to LA. I spent time here. Oh yeah, that's right. We were hustling that other movie as well. We're trying to get the script on the Pierce Brosnan movie working. And, about two months later, maybe even three months later, we went back in to do a hard lock on the picture with with notes and blah, 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 you know, but it let it just take for like writing a script, you know, it's similar. That's what it's like because editing is is the final writing. So in the same way that you're writing a script, you do different drafts and you pause and blah, blah, blah. To be able to do that in an edit is really important for me. And often if it's a for hire or whatever, you just, you get a certain amount of time and you're done. Hand over a director cut. Even like I was talking to a producer here there recently. She she, she uh, had a very seasoned director do a, a Screen Gem Sony movie. And he has 10 day, 10 weeks to hand in his director's cut. And then that's it. And then, he, then she gets a producer's cut and blah, blah, blah. And it, that's part of the DGA. So I just got to go outside of that and, just really work this and work this and work this, which huge was hugely uh, important to the movie. John Walters had worked with Antonio on her movie, so 
when I was looking for an editor in Ireland and I'd worked with Tony um, Cranston on Zone and Tony wasn't available. He had to go. He was doing anyway, he was doing another movie. So I had to find another editor. And I literally picked John because of Antonia, because he was working with Antonia. And Antonia, I know anyway, she's amazing. So as a as an artist, basically. So um, so worked our asses off on that edit. And you know, you can have actors like say Guy Pierce, Kevin Bacon, and this young African American Storm Reed, who's just unbelievable. And you can cut them every different way and they're always going to be good. But there's other actors, newer, less seasoned, with less craft like Colson. And you have to be really, really careful. And you've got to really massage out a performance there. Otherwise, it looks, you know, it can be off. You know, it's like it doesn't have that same level of consistency. So um, anyway, that's what we did. And then, of course, when it comes to the narrative, it's just to get that opening to work took a long time. Um, and then, you know, the rest, you know, the music, the sound, the color, you know, the, there's a bunch of, you know, small visual effects in there that will be invisible, obviously. But, you know, John Kennedy is great. Look, everyone in Windmill, it's just the best. It, it's like a home away from home. Once I get the thing in there, I know I'm safe. I knew that, though, way back when. That's right. Sorry, just to finish. But when I did that black and white movie called The Kiss of Life that got into Claremont Ferrand, I had had an old film school buddy who was an editor cut it. He totally messed it up. And I knew there was a much better movie there. And I'm like, we got to, there's a better movie there. And we walk into Windmill Lane and I dabbled with Windmill through, I was with a commercial company, Toy Town Films back in the day. And I'd done some commercials through Windmill. So I knew Windmill um, a little bit, you know? And I went, we met Tim Morris and, and, and Tim basically, I'll tell you what it was. It was like, this is 2000. And he said, look, give me a thousand euros. I'll do the whole bloody movie. Wow. Like the whole post, everything. And we had James Halford was, who's, who's, uh, I think his, I think his uncle was Brian Halford, who had that well-known commercial company for a long time. Anyway, James cooked the movie. Uh, we went through the whole process, you know, sound, brilliant, everything. And it got into, it, it basically saved the movie. And, you know, when Mullane did a similar, not I wouldn't say they saved one way, but they basically protected it, you know. Yeah. And it, and actually, I just have a filmmaker buddy here who's about to start rolling on a movie here, Pretty Boy Floyd. I just hooked him up with Windmill because he's thinking about doing the post there and should, you know, because it's you can't beat it. You can't beat it for the value, you know. As yeah. expensive as yeah. Ireland is. When it comes, I think Windmill Lane is a very competitive, uh, just very tricky to work out the to get the Americans to understand the, the deals. But yeah. when all is said and done, you get a level world class post for a fraction of what it would cost in L.A. Yeah. or whatever, you know, and I think it's post production is such a hugely important part of a movie, no matter what the movie is, the edit, the sound the music, you know, visual effects if needed, et cetera, et cetera. And because, you know, you can bring in, as I said, with the short quality material. And if it's not handled properly, you can have a turd. And that's why so many movies go down the toilet because they get butchered, you know, in post, you know. 
So listen, I got to jump Thank now. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Take it easy. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, Mike.